Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Weekly Pulse Podcast. My name is Steve Trudeau. Today, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Emmanuel Pacheco and Michael Almeida. Fellas, how are we doing? Terrible. Emmanuel just, Emmanuel just said that me and you are big time, Trudeau, and that Luca is. <laughs> wow, am I wrong? I'm I mean, I don't think you're wrong. How dare you? I manage a baseball team. <laughs> hey, hey, yes, it might be fantasy, but I manage a baseball team, and Trudeau just had a child. We're just as big. Uh, Listen, yeah, but online, you today was the only day that you guys have probably more followers than Luca and Jenlin today. Because Facebook was down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> I, Emmanuel definitely wanted to start there the whole time. The whole pre-show meeting, he just took everything I said, one air and out the other. And I was like, we'll do the Facebook thing later. He's just like, nah, man, I'm going to bring us right into it. So go later, ahead, Emmanuel. You wanted to start there. Let's get well, right into it. Okay, it's a big deal. Like again, Facebook and WhatsApp was and Instagram were all down today. It was six hours, I think, in total. And at the same time, you've got a whistleblower that's going to Congress tomorrow. Uh, so they're they're hurting big time at, at Facebook in terms of all their privacy issues, the 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 fact that they they um, they hurt young minds and, and influence young minds for uh, the worst. Like there's so many things going bad for them right now. Like, and I'm very worried, very worried. You love, you like Mark Zuckerberg the same way I like Elon Musk, huh? No, I hate Mark Zuckerberg, but I like, again, Facebook is, I, I I rarely actually go on Facebook. People get mad at me now when I'm not posting things or if I don't like their shit, like I, I really don't care. Are you taking a shot at me and Mikey right there? No, 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 no. no. It's it's definitely Daryl Morey. It's got nothing to do with (laughs) that. And he's been off of Facebook a lot. I know why, because of everything that happened with Ted Cruz in the lawsuit. There's someone pretending. Again, I think my beard is starting to come in. I got to shave it again. So I don't get and I guess the inside joke is that Emmanuel was constantly being made fun of for looking somewhat like Ted Cruz. I mean, you cut the, the facial hair a little bit, so you don't have the resemblance as much. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. when we started the podcast, every Reddit comment was, why are you doing a podcast with Ted Cruz? <laughs> Ted Cruz. The Canadian Ted Cruz. He's a polite Ted Cruz. So yeah. let's remember that. I will sure. say, though, so all that, all those platforms are down for, what, six hours today, you said? Six hours, yeah. Six yeah, hours. I think, we don't know why, right? So I have a sneaking suspicion okay. why. We're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, and I, I will just say this before you say anything else is the world was yeah. made a better place for six hours today. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? I uh, 100%. We, this is, mark my words, Mikey, me and Trudeau agree on one thing today. It is a better place today <laughs> for six hours. You two are just going at it before the podcast <laughs> on, on our uh chat that we normally have beforehand and all i could do is this that's it just <laughs> so i know that emmanuel want to start with the facebook thing and i know why mikey do you know why because he works at google baby <laughs> no 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 he doesn't oh. want to address the elephant in the room which is and that is where were you last week oh don't even start Okay, you want me to go through the story? I mean, we we I think we got the story right, Mikey. He was yeah. walking down the road on his scooter. He did not get it from yeah. scooting, <laughs> and he got mm-hmm. jumped by three or four girls slash maybe one boy that were twelve years old, and it's because they, he, he stole their PS4 or PS5, right? That's what are I you, heard. That's are you what I all heard. you Americans just have a big lie going on for everything <laughs> in your life? Because that's pretty much what I hear. No, I was scootering. 
Uh, and when I say scootering, this thing's a is a machine. It's it it goes seventy five kilometers an hour, which is roughly fifty something kilometers an hour, right? <laughs> fifty uh, something miles an hour, like forty eight miles an hour, which is pretty pretty fast. And I was going down um, on this path. I was going pretty fast, and I was wearing full uh, helmet, full like motorcycle gear, elbow pads. I had uh, full gear, except my knee pads were on order. So my knee pads didn't come in yet. And I went down this hill and on a scooter, you're supposed to not lean forward. You're supposed to lean backwards. So the weight is in the back. Well, I went down a hill pretty much at top speed, put on the brakes while I was leaning forward and the whole thing stopped and the back of the scooter just went to the front and I just flipped over the handlebars and landed on my head. And you can see it Well, for those, you know, I have a face for radio, but th this I have a I have a black eye here on the little black eye. Mike, yeah. you called it. You called the black eye. I'm, I'm black telling guy. you right now, this is all made up. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? All did I do wash him and punch myself? Oh, what? Hey, Myra, I'm gonna stand here. Can his you favorite, his me? favorite movie is his favorite Fight movie Club. is Fight Club. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't put a past him. Just <laughs> I make soap on the weekends. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and you're with us today because I feel better. It was, great. it was awful having to just sit there and talk with my friend Mikey for an hour plus. You know what I find funny is what? I called out on what was it, the Monday, right? Yeah. And then Emmanuel suddenly can't do the show on Tuesday at I last minute. I was good on Monday. The problem was <laughs> I, I the pain didn't kick in. I was still on painkillers and I was okay. I said, okay, I could do this. It's not a problem. But then it hit me on Tuesday, the afternoon, it got worse and progressively work worse. And then half an hour before I literally <laughs> was super pain. And then 15 minutes before was when I actually cut. Yeah. You did not work. quit on us. You didn't I give us a half hour. You gave us like eight minutes nope, to figure it out. Started, that's when I started to feel it. You know, that's, that's when I was going to do, I even told Myra, Myra, can you please call Mikey and Trudeau? <laughs> and she says, I'm not doing that. Wait, you go tell them wait, yourself. Wait, wait, So let me get this straight. Yeah. You fell off of a scooter, a Razor yeah. scooter. No, not and, a Razor scooter. You, you hurt your knee. Because you hurt your knee, you couldn't even have the decency to call <laughs> us. And you wanted your wife to do it for you. I this did is want real her to for me. Eight That's minutes before the show. Too. Eight minutes before the show. <laughs> it was 12 minutes. It was 12 minutes before the show. Oh, no. Actually, no, it's 12 minutes. You're totally in the clear. Don't worry about it. All good. <laughs> 12 minutes fixes everything. I was in a lot of pain and was out of it. I, I, well, I would have been a mess. I would have been a mess. I, I'll say we're, we are glad you're with us today because it's not Thank as you. fun and not as nonsense-filled without you. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. I feel I missed you guys. I was like feeling very, very down and and uh and and missing you guys for sure this is the first show we've ever had where we started no electronics went off it was pretty fantastic it was nice oh, yeah, that's right wait let me make here sure. it comes no you don't have to. No, no, nothing nothing see nothing's that's going good. nobody's sending me uh, today. Messages. it's a streak <laughs> zero, streaking. Days, zero days messing up the show new streak i'm getting better, I'm getting better. All right, guys, let's let's jump right into it. Let's start the show. Let's kick it all off. There's a couple things we want to get into. We're definitely going to get real big into the baseball with the MLB season wrapping up yesterday. We'll probably talk about some playoff previews, maybe recap some of the season that was. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I did want to talk about one of those news articles of the week in uh, football, which was the Super Bowl halftime show being introduced. 
Uh, so if you don't know, Super Bowl 22 is this year in LA at SoFi Stadium, which if you've ever seen that stadium yet, that thing is beautiful. Brand new, four or five billion dollar stadium. Amazing. But the real news is that uh, the artists for the Super Bowl halftime show were announced. This is definitely a different halftime show that they've ever put out. So the artists are Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem. Very rap-focused, hip-hop-focused. In the past, if you see like a rap artist, hip-hop artist, they're usually kind of sprinkled in with maybe like a rock artist, something like that. But this is all the way to the uh, rap, hip-hop end of the spectrum. I got to say, I personally love uh, what they did for this halftime show. I think that they really showcase some of that LA West Coast style hip hop and rap. You know, you got Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, who are like two of the pioneers in West Coast rap. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, which in my opinion is probably the most prominent rapper today. Another West Coast guy from Compton. And then you got some diversity in there. Mary J. Blige, one of like the female pioneers of hip hop. Eminem, obviously, you know, he's boys with Dr. Dre. And I feel like I feel like you got to try to get some of the white audience in there too. So throw an Eminem. It's just going to capture some more audience. I like Eminem. So uh, I thought I love it, man. I don't know if you guys like the the mix they got going on this year. I, I love it. I think it's actually good. And the reality is that it's not just one superstar, right? Like the thing is that this is actually, it's like each one of them has their own difference in terms of what they're going to bring to the table like when you take a look at when they bring like a shakira and a j-lo j-lo clearly kind of took over the show and and she it was all about her and shakira was there but it was like very clear was that i think that this will will spread out i think it's going to be a phenomenal show i think it's going to be a phenomenal show yeah i think you make a good point because i'm looking through some of the previous headliners on my screen and they usually feature one artist so like last year was the yeah. weekend you said shakira and j-lo you know split the stage but this is really like a five-piece headliner. Like all these, all these uh, artists are worthy of being at the top billing. So I think that's really cool, Mikey. What do you think about this whole uh, <laughs> ambiance of uh, characters? I have two things. I love how Trudeau waits till the end to be like, "Oh, and they have Eminem." <laughs> Eminem's probably the headliner out of all of them. Being quite honest, Eminem's awesome. And then I think this will be the only Super Bowl in past history that the players will try to stay out to watch it. <laughs> They'll be like, I'm not going to the locker room. I want to watch this. Yeah. I mean, Eminem is, is probably the biggest selling artist of all those five. Yeah. But I mean, Kendrick Lamar right now is a bigger presence than Eminem. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, they have like this historic feel to them. I mean, Snoop Dogg's out there doing bake shows with Martha Stewart, you know? So I, I don't think you're, you're giving everyone else the proper credit. If it was something that wasn't going to be televised, I would give Kendrick Lamar the heads up. But Eminem has been known for, with all of his like VMA performances, to do an amazing job. That's what I'm saying. Is That's why I think he's going to be one of the creative presence out of those. I've never really watched Mary J. Blige in concert, like live yeah. or anything like that. So I can't really. But I think Eminem's going to, you know, bring something crazy to the table, which will be really fun. I will say I, of those, of those five, I've seen two of them live. I saw Eminem, which to your point, he does put a great live show. Um, but I, like he usually has like all the um, dancers, pyrotechnics, pyrotechnic stuff, 
uh, like a really done up stage, but I don't think it's going to be like a feature for him. So I don't think they're going to get all that. And I've also seen Kendrick Lamar. I mean, he, he's a great rapper, but his, his stage presence is a little bit to be, to be, you know, you want more out of him. I don't know, man. I think all in all, it's great. I think that you're going to capture a different audience with this halftime show. You might lose like some of the older demographic, like 40 year olds plus they might be check out, but I think you're really capturing a young audience. And I like what they've been doing the past three years. Shakira, J-Lo, The Weeknd, um, Dr. Dre, Snoop, and this cast of characters. I feel like you're really going for a younger audience. Because if you look back, man, it's just like all old school like yeah. rock and roll groups. And I was always out on those. Like when you know the Rolling Stones came out, like no disrespect to the Rolling Stones and some of these legendary artists. But as a younger younger person, you know, millennial, I'm okay with it. That's why I'm going to go get my beer or you know, something to eat. Well, I, I, I agree. Oh, go ahead, Mikey. I thought Justin Timberlake did an amazing job. On no, he, he was good. Was hot. He was good. Yeah, he was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, so, but again, this is like pretty uh, historic because again, this is, this is from a rap perspective and the fact that they included male, female, black, white, but in the rap genre and, you know, 43 Grammys between them, right? And, and 19 number one billboard hits. So I think that that's something that, this will actually play very, very well for uh, as an audience. You're going to watch this because it's a it's a friggin concert at this point. Right. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it's exciting now. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. I mean, I, agree, I totally agree with you. And I do think like they are getting a decent demographic. I mean, if you're in your late 30s, you know, you grew up with Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg. And if you're someone who's, you know, in your 20s now, maybe mid to early 20s, you have the, a lot of respect for Kendrick Lamar. So I think they're doing a good job to capture a big chunk of the audience and they're keeping it diverse. I didn't want to ask you guys this. Um, in, re- in respect to like halftime shows for the Super Bowl, do you guys have any sh- like artists that performed in the past that either you thought were great and you were like, oh man, I would love to see them again? Or maybe some of the performances in the past that you kind of thought flopped? Because uh, for me, like just in the past couple of years, Maroon 5 might have been to me like the, one of the worst halftime shows <laughs> of all time. Uh-huh. Like, that that year it was Maroon Five headline with Travis Scott and Big Boy behind them. I would have much rather watched Travis Scott or Big Boy up in the main stage over Maroon Five. I liked Lady Gaga's performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was awesome. My wife's a huge fan. I remember watching that halftime show. Didn't she like come in from on the, the roof of the stadium? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been the other one. I I think the um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Mars Bruno Mars and uh, Beyonce. I think that was a, a good one, and he was great. He's very good in concert. I've seen him twice now in concert. He's phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think you guys mentioned some good ones. What what are you gonna say, Mikey? SpongeBob had the best show with Travis Scott from Deep Frizz. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, Katie Perry and Left Shark as well, according to DeFrizz. Oh, oh man. Shout I mean, out DeFrizz. <laughs> I'm not a big Katie Perry fan, but that was like an iconic moment with that. Yeah, that that shark just going bananas, just going straight off, <laughs> off the script. I thought it was good. Well, I agree with Mikey, though, Justin Timberlake. And he's been on, I think, three times, right? He was on with Janet Jackson himself. Uh, who else was he on with? Let's see. Yeah, I only Jackson. remember two, but the, the Janet Jackson one obviously was super iconic. That was yep. the, the nip slip uh, episode. Let's yep. also not forget that this is like going to be one of the most like historic ones because this might be the last time you're going to see all these people in the same, yeah. you know, stage together, yeah. which will yeah. be really cool to think of too. 
Are you, are you suggesting someone's going to die soon? No, I'm just saying that's, <laughs> of course, Trudeau goes the dark way there. I'm just saying that when is the next time that you're going to get all of these performers on the same stage together? I, I just don't yeah. see it. I do yeah. have, a, I do wonder, I know last year was like a very strange uh, scenario with the weekend because it was in the heart of COVID and they had to kind of do it differently. So it was very much a made for television of television event where like it was very, it was shot like all behind the scenes because in the past, everything's done on a main stage in the middle of the stadium with fans kind of surrounding the stage. I wonder if they're going to go more of the made for TV route where the artists are all over the place and there's not one main stage, or if they're going to go back to the old formula where everyone's just kind of in the middle, you know, just kind of whatever. I think there's a lot of egos on this, like on this show. Like, I think that they're all going to want to kind of, I think they're going to have to kind of split it up a little bit. I think I disagree with that. I agree with Trudeau on this one. Dr. Dr. Dre has a very good relationship with some of these, these artists. I mean, Snoop Dogg's old and some of these, these older artists, like I think they know their place in history and I don't think they have that big of an ego anymore. I think, I think it'll go well. Yeah, we'll see. we'll see. Well, Mary J. Blige, this is her second time, right? She's been oh, more, more, more than once, actually. She's been on there um, way back. But I think she's, oh, yeah, she's been on before, I think, 2001. So she's been on with, uh, let's see who she was on with. Uh, NSYNC performed with oh, Aerosmith and NSYNC crew. There you go. In nice. 2001, yeah. So she was on. But again, <laughs> I, like, I don't see her as a highlight act, right? I, I see her as... You know, she comes in and you have these amazing, you know, uh, legendary songs that she's had that everybody kind of remembers or things like that. What 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 legendary songs, Emmanuel? I don't know any. Of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know any of her songs. I was trying to catch you. I knew I knew you had nothing for me. There. I have nothing. I don't know what song. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Next year, Britney Spears and a bunch of boy bands. No, Britney that would Spears be awesome. Is, she's not going to do it now. That Why she's, not? Out of her conservatorship, she's not going to perform for a long this time. This is the best time she's going to do it. She's well, going to come out. You know, oh. you guys are a little bit incorrect about this. She's not out of her conservatorship. No, no, that's true. <laughs> I didn't say any of that. Don't put no, this on me. Uh, right, You're correct. I will I will rephrase. Her father is out of the conservatorship and is yes. not controlling her. So now the conservatorship now is under others that will are in hopefully are looking after her for the right reasons and that she can actually retain a proper legal counsel to then fight it and then get out of the conserv conservatorship. Right. So, but mm -hmm. before her father was blocking or stopping her and taking all, you know, money, you know, from her or, we already uh, had a show about this. We don't have to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think we had two. We're, we're like a big Britney Spears podcast. Apparently. I think so. I think so. No. Oh. Next year, watch you heard it here first. We got oh, balls. I, I will take a bet on that. <laughs> she will not, she will not perform. She will not perform next year, guaranteed. It would be smart though, with all the buzz, you'd make a ton of money. Although I don't, I actually don't think you get paid for the halftime show. No, you don't. The so, thing is that she gets paid for a resident show. She gets paid a hundred million dollars for the circus tour. A hundred million is what that circus tour made. If she and she does not want to go and tour again, I, I guarantee you, she is not. She did it because she was being brainwashed to go. So free <laughs> Britney, strong just free she's, Britney. She's, She's coming back for this one night. <laughs> no. One night. Billy Eilish. <laughs> I think Billy Eilish will come before she Eilish. does. Eilish. 
eyelash. There you go. You got. Eyelash. You nailed it. Don't worry about it. No, Billy, 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 William Eyelash is actually going to do the Canadian Super Bowl <laughs> show, <laughs> which no, twenty people watch. Listen, if we get Ronnie Hawkins doing the <laughs> show, we're pretty <laughs> Who happy. Who the hell is yeah, Ronnie exactly. Hawkins? Exactly, he's a Canadian there, country star. There goes Emmanuel taking the show right into a ditch again. <laughs> Roddy, a good Roddy. First, I he guess. mentions Billy Eyelash, and then Roddy Hawkins. So she, it's I, William Eyelash. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Before we move off the the um, Super Bowl thing, I actually had just a follow up thing for both of you that I was curious because it, it's related to the concerts and music. What was your first uh, concert of all time? Oh. Uh, Billy yeah. Shakespeare. <laughs> what? That's where Billy Shakespeare. You guys don't know Billy Shakespeare. I don't know what no. the hell you're talking about. No, no, no. In Canada, that's what we call William Shakespeare. Billy uh, Shakespeare. A bad joke. Oh, nice. Uh, well, if I didn't have these two nice. knuckleheads. All right. What about you, Emmanuel? You got you got a, a first concert. I'm curious for you. One, I think it was Janet Jackson. Myra, I was dating Myra, and we watched a Janet Jackson concert, and it was phenomenal. And I think that was my very first concert. How old were you I, when you went to your first concert? That was a very good concert. Yeah. How old yeah. were you? I remember that one. Yeah. I'll ask a third time. How old were you when you went to that concert? Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. I would have been probably about uh, 20 something. 30 something. I don't know. 31 or 28. <laughs> I don't know. I like how he gave me the the largest range possible. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in my twenties or thirties. Okay, so somewhere in those twenty years, I, uh, you even ballparked it. Uh, my first concert was um, the Wallflowers. I saw them at a music festival. Do you know them? I I've heard of them. The, they got that one headlight song. Oh, okay. Then uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Can you sing it? Wait, wait. Can you hum it? <laughs> I know I can't. No, yeah, I can't. Yeah. So like the chorus is like driving home with one headlight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Oh, oh, I found it. Here it is. I found exactly this. Is it Janet Jackson concert, Sky Dome, Toronto, November twenty sixth, nineteen ninety three. So it would have been nineteen ninety three. And the reason why it was November twenty sixth was because my wife's birthday is on November seventeenth, which we got her birthday present was Janet Jackson concert tickets for her birthday. Nice. Was she a See? big fan? She was a phenomenal fan. Like she even wore like, you know, she was like big into the Janet Jackson, like the bone, you know, the Indian bone necklaces and all of this stuff when Janet Jackson back then when she was wearing that. Yeah. And how long were you guys together when you bought that, those tickets? We were together like we, we've been together. So don't forget, I've been together with my wife for 34 years, 35 years, I think now, 35 years. Mm -hmm. We dated for 10 years. So we Jesus. probably would have been dating for. Yeah. Was she pissed at you? No, sure. That's a that's a she long was probably time. the reason why oh, no, no, she no, was no, on the fence. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was yeah, no, I do have to correct myself because she was pissed. So when I when she finally got mad at me and said, When are you gonna propose? I proposed the next week and she said no. How romantic. <laughs> she said no. She said no the first time. She says, You're just doing it because I told you. So I had to do it the right way. Yeah, and then I really got in trouble. If you really want me to go down that path, but I got oh, in big trouble. With that. We'll save that for another another show. Okay, yeah, I mean, we'll clearly, it, clearly, it worked out because thirty yes. something, thirty five years being together—that's that's quite an accomplishment. Yes, yes. <sighs> Congratulations! I know, Mikey. Enough of this nonsense. So, no, my first in. concert was actually with Emmanuel. Really? I swear to God. What was it? 
Destiny's Child. He made me go. Oh shit! <laughs> really? Right. Yeah. Was that when Beyonce you. was still part of Destiny's Child? Yep. Beyonce yeah. was there. Yeah. Yeah. See what a good godfather I am to you. You made me go because who yeah, didn't want to go? Someone didn't want to go, and he was like, "You're coming." It's amazing story to tell Trudeau right now. If I didn't wasn't a good godfather, See I that? had this pizza that made me go to the bathroom for like two hours, and every time I danced, there. <laughs> That's not my fault. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool though that you got to see Destiny's Child when they were all together. Yeah, not many people can say that they're one of those legendary female female that acts was of your all time. First concert? That was my first concert. The second wow. one was with my wife, uh, Dashboard, and All American Rejects. That was a really good concert. Wow! wow. You don't go to many concerts, do you? No, oh. that's like two over like thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. And then my next concert will probably be your daughter's like chorus concert. And that's pretty much it. There you go. go. She'll probably be the best of all three. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, um, man. Uh, well, since you want to butter me up, Mikey, let me give you something. I was buttering you up. Because I, I, I know you've been sitting on this for, for a while now. Let's talk some baseball because I know you're super excited. The season just ended yesterday. We're recording this podcast on Monday. Obviously, we chose Monday because we wanted to see how the season would wrap up. It came down to the very last day. Were you disappointed with it, how it ended the last day of baseball? I think baseball got it right this time for the first time ever having everybody play at the same time so that no one got the advantage whether to like, Oh, we can coast into the game. So that was really fun. Um, I was disappointed. I wanted to see uh, Emmanuel's blue Jays in the playoffs. I really did. I'm not, I rather them a million times than the Red Sox, but, um, and I thought that would be a better game with the Yankees and the blue Jays. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Mark my words. So this is the first time we agree. I think that we agree on the sports team that should have made it. I think the Blue Jays would have been a great, and I'm very disappointed. But again, the country's happy for them. We're all very, very excited about how far they made it. It was very, very good. We're very excited. Hey, I, I just say, at all? Is there any wild card or anything that they have a chance of? They're completely out now. Completely. They're out now. They're done. The, the playoffs are set. They start tomorrow. Um, tomorrow right or does it start wednesday it starts tomorrow the yankees are playing the red sox okay. eight o'clock at fenway and then wednesday would be the national league playing dodgers game. versus the cardinals nice so yeah um i was pretty disappointed just because you saw some amazing pushes in the al wild card by emmy's toronto blue jays the seattle mariners they both came out out of nowhere the last month of the season and it was kind of unfortunate just to see it end the way it did because the teams that had that strong lead to begin the uh, second half with the Red Sox, the Yankees, they barely held on. I would have liked to see one of these teams surge up from behind and make it in. Um, also, I didn't. I don't really love how they set it up where all the teams played at once. I know you said it does take away the competitive advantage, so the teams don't know who won going into that into that game. However, it makes it harder as a fan of baseball to watch all these games at once. If you're truly invested and want to see how this turns out, you really can't watch this all at once unless you have like five TVs going on in your house. Which oh. one of our baseball correspondents, Gracie Trudeau, <laughs> had four TVs going at the same time to watch. He had one computer, two TVs, one um, monitor. It was really funny to watch. Um so, yeah, it just didn't work out. I was really hoping for the Blue, Blue Jays had a great team, too. Um, and I thought they were built for the playoffs better than the Red Sox and possibly the Yankees with Ryu, um, 
Barreras and with Ray, that would have been really fun to watch. And Canada, it's it. They show up when it matters. They really do. I'll give yeah. them that. See that? See, I show up when it matters. You heard so it. You Trudeau. left in like the sixth inning to go get a tree of some sort. <laughs> you. I, we, we all know about the time that I left during the game when they actually came back. What it was it eight? They they scored eight runs in in, the, in like three innings. So well, I was like, actually I was really happy for you, Emmanuel, and your Blue Jays, and I thought that they yeah. really overachieved this season. However, after I went back to see what the preseason projections were on the Blue Jays, they yeah. were projected to be ninety-one and seventy-one. They're very close. Well, they're they ninety finished, and seventy-two. They, they finished ninety-one and seventy-one. No, so I thought they it really wasn't. No, they finished exactly what their projection was. Uh, okay. So it really wasn't that much of an overachievement. I mean, at the All Star break, they were forty-eight and forty-three. So they were really, really doing poorly compared to what they where they should have been. They had okay. a great second half. Um, you got you have a stud and like in Vlad Jr. Like that kid is yeah. unbelievable. Uh, he's a candidate for the AL MVP this year. I think he had 46 home runs to end the season. The guy's phenomenal. I, Mikey, I will say the one player I think that did underperform was was it was Bichette the one of the the younger guys that did not come to play this year? I would say that it was Biggio because Biggio was injured a lot of the time, and they don't know what they're going to do with him now. Mm-hmm. Um, Bichette, I think Bichette just had a really nice year last year with a shortened season. Um, so I, he didn't play poorly. He's a shortstop. It's harder. He's only, he's like 22. Oh, so um, just Vlad just came out, like moving him to first base was the best thing you could do for that guy. Cause now he's so focused at his at bats. He's not so worried to go to third and screw up. So, um, but I'm sorry. I will say that I know Vlad is their best player, but I think the player that meant the most to Toronto this year, besides Vlad has to be Marcus Simeon. He was unbelievable for them this year. He broke the overall home run record for in baseball for second baseman. That's crazy on a one year deal. Remember, you just get this guy coming in. in that's single and, single season or all like that's a single season record, right? Yeah, but all time. Yeah. So he's the number. There's nobody better as of right now for that many. And you have to understand too. He's a very good clubhouse guy. They, if I was the GM for the Blue Jays right now, uh, Shapiro, I'm literally doing everything in my power to get him signed long-term. And he gelled really well with that team. And he's not that old. He's like 30, which isn't old you, at all. What do you think <laughs> George, George Springer, if you are the Blue Jays? Because he was by far the biggest disappointment of, of the bunch. After, this is what I find weird. After the Blue Jays game, they were interviewing Springer a lot. And I saw that after a lot of games, like he's kind of their leader right now, believe it or not. He's the guy that does all the interviews and stuff like that. And the younger players look up to, they're going to need this moving forward with such a young core. They're very, very young and um, good for Springer. You know, Um, not a big Springer guy, but you know, they're, they're going to be stuck with that contract anyway. This is, and we'll have this talk after when we talk about the teams that didn't make it, Mm -hmm. um, the argument. And I wanted to touch base on both of you guys. What do you think of long contracts or should we be doing more short-term contracts? Is that the way to go in the future? Well, I mean, it depends what perspective you're looking at, because obviously if you're a player, you want the long-term deal, especially if you're one of these top free agents, what you're looking for ideally is kind of what Tatis did or Manny Machado. You want that 10-year contract. And the goal of that is that the last four years, you're going to be super overpaid 
because you're not going to be able to perform to that contract. Um, it really is up to the players. I mean, in the in MLB, because there's no salary hard cap, the players really have all the power in the negotiations. And unless teams show some restraint and stop giving out the contracts, the players are obviously going to go for those long guaranteed deals. I actually, um, there was, I believe it was Forbes did an article about how the last 10 years, everyone that got a seven to 10 year contract, how it actually played out. And believe it or not, it was like 50, 50. (laughs) Is that crazy to think? So it's 50, 50 for like some of the deal, but teams go into that knowing the last two or three deals are just going to be eating salary. I mean, look at the situation in Detroit with, um, What's his face? The big, big, big fat slugger down there. Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's a shell of Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols. Some of these guys who signed these monster 10 years deals, the last two years of their contract is just complete disaster. Okay. But then I take those two contracts and I give you the first A-Rod contract. That was fantastic. They actually underpaid A-Rod who was unbelievable for them. And then Max Scherzer. Do you see what I'm saying? So every, for every bad huge contract there's one or two like kurt shillings that was a big one and that one was actually really good Derek jeters another really good one albert pulos absolutely terrible <laughs> like i'm not taking that contract at all as you said uh chris davis from um the the o's Royals, yeah, that that's still hurting them right uh the bobby bonilla trade uh signing that one was terrible but that was just the mets doing mets things um, to sign a guy and then be like, hey, listen, we'll pay you way later because Bernie Madoff's going to give us this huge percentage on our money. So that's what I'm saying. It's like a 50 50. It's, I mean, it's- to be fair, though, it all depends on at what time you give them the contract. So, like Tatis, they, they gave him that contract very early in his career. What is he, 23? Yeah, yeah he's 22. So, okay, he's 22. So when that 10 year deal's up, he's going to be 31, 32. Still in his, I don't think it's his prime, but it's the tail end of his prime. You think about A-Rod, the first contract he got, he was fairly young. That second contract he had, those last four years when he was like in his late 30s, an utter disaster. But once again, it's 50-50. You're going to get played, like Corey Seager, for instance, right? He's 27, right? You're going to give Corey Seager, he's projected to get a 10-year contract. Mookie Betts? You don't, because while that those contracts work for the first four years, when Corey Seager's 35, 36, 37, he's not going to be worth 30 million a year, 20 million a year. But see, this is what I'm talking about. If you want Corey Seager, that's what you're well, going to have to pay yeah. for him. And that's that's the whole management versus player aspect where the player wants that money because they know those last three years are going to be cashing checks that you don't deserve. And the management knows the same thing, but they have to eat it to get the player. But this is my question for you. You're running a front office. Let's say, I don't know, the Mets. You have a ton of money, right? How are you going about this? Are you like the Rays that say there is no chance I'm ever going to give that contract? It it depends on my situation. If I think I can win a championship within the first five years of that contract, then I just give the money up front and I bite the bullet down the line. But if I'm not ready to compete and win now, there's no point in doing that because you might ever, never see value return on that contract. But this is what I was talking about. This is what I was super proud of you a couple of days ago that you sent. We were talking about the Padres and you go, someone's got to get fired because they spent too much money. And this right before they fired their manager, right? 
it comes down to now you're seeing how baseball is. It's not like basketball where you're going to give these contracts out and stuff like that. You overpay for too many players. Your butt gets canned. It's, it's no different than basketball, but you say it's different, but it's no different because think of it this way. You're the Brooklyn Nets. You want to win now? You just traded away your first round picks for the next 10 years. I'm being it's hyperbole there, but my point is you put all the chips in the middle and you try to win now. You don't care about the future because you think you have a four or five year window now. Same thing in baseball. You blow all the money now. You give out terrible contracts. Those contracts are going to be terrible in six, seven years, but you're, you're playing for now. You're not playing for six, seven years eight down the line. But it's nothing like basketball because the best team in the American League, the Rays, don't spend money and they still make it. You don't have a team in okay. the NBA that doesn't spend money and makes it. Well, that's because there's a hard cap. But then if you look at the top spenders in baseball, the Dodgers, the Yankees, number four, the Astros, number five, the Red Sox, number, I mean, the Padres were bad, number nine, the Cardinals, <laughs> number 10, the Giants, number 11, the Blue Jays, number 12, the Braves, all teams either in the playoffs or pushing for the playoffs. So when you do spend that money, you make the playoffs. The Rays, you can hold them up as a model franchise, but not everybody can be the Rays. They are the exception to the rule. They are not the rule. Uh, the A's did it last year. <laughs> Where are they now? The Brewers. <laughs> Where are the Brewers? Because the Brewers I mean, are one the of the Brewers, best teams. I don't know. Where are they? Lost and uh, you're Rutgers. actually wrong, too, because the other thing, too, that you're missing is a bunch of baseball teams were one of the top fives. Like, I right. don't know, let's say the Nationals and the Cubs, and then they traded everybody. So now they have no payroll. So you're actually looking at payrolls that were super high at the yeah. beginning and then the Cubs, dropped down. You know why the Cubs did that? Two things. You know why the Cubs did that? I actually because, know exactly why the Cubs did that. they paid all their players four years ago when they were trying to win now, and now they've moved out of that window. They're clearly not winners. They're trying to clear the salary. And just to counter your Brewers thing really quick, don't hold on. On the Brewers front, I don't know all the Brewers players, so I can't you're, really. You're actually you a- wrong hold about on. the Cubs too, though, hold because on. the Cubs actually did it. Because what happened? No, because I'm trying to explain a point about the Cubs. The Cubs actually paid for renovations to their stadium, and they were underwater. That's why they got rid of all their good players because they were still in the playoff hunt. No, they were not in the playoff hunt. They had like a 14 game losing streak in the middle of the season, and they just, just tanked in the standings. They were nowhere near the playoff hunt. All right, that is completely incorrect. But to your Brewers' point, they did pay up. Maybe they have some guys cheap right now, but they paid a shit ton of money over a long period of time for Christian Yelich. And guess where that contract got him? He is a shell of his MVP self, nowhere near what they paid him. And that is exactly why there's no guarantees in baseball. But once again, it's not like basketball. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, okay. But both of you guys are going back and forth on this. But again, it's still a game where the salaries are still way overinflated all over the place. But you you basically have these agents that basically keep popping it up or or trying to over um, over negotiate their their the value of their players. Right? That's what they do. That's what they get paid for. Right? So what are you going to do? I think this is a good a good place to segue talking about overinflated salaries. Yeah. Mikey did touch on the Padres. We want to talk about them. But also, Mikey, did you see that today, as of Monday, the New York Mets fired their manager as well, Luis Rojas? And well, we knew that. Team, what's that? Sorry, go ahead. We knew that no. was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, they're a team that super underperformed. They Their payroll is $200 million. They had the third highest payroll in baseball. And I believe they finished the season at 77 and 85, so five or so games under 500. 
I don't know what you, what you what do you do there if you're the Mets? It's first. Can we just real quick the Braves, right? How does a team like the Braves, they're in the playoffs, and a team like the Mets just drop off so bad? But I, I get Degrom got hurt and all of this stuff, but Rojas was. Let's just put it this way: he's like Dwight True, right? He's the assistant regional manager, right? He's that guy that wasn't supposed to be the manager at all. Remember when Michael Scott gets called up to go, <laughs> right? That was Beltron. And then Beltron, everything happened there and the burner accounts and it looked terrible. Little did we know at the time, it was a tiny little speck of what was going to end up happening with the Mets and all the trouble that they have with their front office. Rojas was never their guy. He was a nice bridge manager, if that's the nice way to put it. Um, and now... First off, Sandy Alderson came out and said that he's not going to hire a manager until he hires a general manager um, so that they can pick it together. But all of the names, like the Mets shoot for the stars, at least give that to their franchise. They're looking at the Brewers president of baseball, uh, Billy Bean, Theo Epstein. You're not going to get any of these guys. You're better off getting a manual. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think ultimately Theo is going to be end, end up being the Mets GM. I said that our you first think episode. So? On our That's first episode, crazy. we had a phone conversation, and I said Theo will be on the Mets next year. Steve Steve Cohen, the owner, has way too much money, and his pockets are burning. And he is. I think what the play is is I think ready for this. I think Theo is going to come, and Steve Cohen is going to offer him ownership stake in the Mets to join the franchise. Um, I do think this is interesting to see both the Padres and Mets fire their manager, you know, days from each other. And hear me out on this. The reason why you do this is two teams that obviously severely underperformed this year. If you are the GM or team president and you're in charge, you're not going to fire yourself. You need a scapegoat. And if you know anything about baseball, and I don't know if you agree with this, uh, Mikey, but the most inconsequential position or you know uh part of your franchise is your manager at this point in baseball after billy bean and moneyball the front office pretty much sends down the report to the manager and they follow it to a t they have all the numbers in front of them there's no more instinct guys except for maybe drunk tony Larusa in chicago <laughs> to this at this point in baseball the manager it's very has very little influence on the game so if you need a scapegoat there's your guy it's funny. So do you know how Tingler got fired, Trudeau and Emmanuel, from the Padres? <laughs> oh, I love this story. No. <laughs> so what happened was they were going to wait till the end of the season, but Ken Rosenthal reported that he was going to get fired. So they did it two days beforehand. Because imagine that call. It's like Jace Tingler calling uh, their general manager pl player of a uh, baseball operation and being like, hey. Uh, I heard that I'm getting fired and he's like, what do you want me to say, man? You're out of here. Uh, that's just, that's the Padres for you. So is, is Ken Rosenthal kind of like the Woj of uh, baseball? He's, uh, it's really hard to say between him and um, uh, Buster only. Like that's another guy that you can trust. That's going to have some good stuff. Um, there's another one. I can't remember off the top of my head, an old guy oh. that works for you. And do you know who I'm talking about? Peter Gammons? Peter Gammons. Uh, I like Jeff Passon too from ESPN. Yeah, he's good. Um, so it's really, but imagine that. 
you have to call to be like, dude, do I still have a job? And they're and like, no. <laughs> how how class? Like, let the guy just finish off the season. Like, that was it. I don't know if you guys watched the Giants versus the Padres game. The Padres just like rolled over and was like, just win, you guys. Here you go. It's good. So, um, but yeah, I think out of the two positions, I think you're in better hands. The reason the Padres got off the rails so fast was they had so they had the most injuries, I believe, out of any franchise. Like they were getting people off the streets to pitch. Um, and I think next year is going to be a little bit more promising. A lot of people forget that they have Mike Clevenger. He's coming back, so that'll be huge. Lament will uh, have more time, but they really have to get some attitude, guys. Manny Machado cannot lead the locker room. You got to find some. You got to find a Marcus Simeon. You got to find that guy. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. So you would much rather be going forward the Padres if you had to pick Mikey over the Mets as far as where you'd want to set your roots and maybe be a manager or GM, whatever. It's like, what do you do with Baez? They're not going to bring him back. That's going to piss off Lindor. You have a bunch of guys coming off the books, but you also have a lot of guys that like, what are you going to do with Noah so- Syndergaard? Um, Marcus Stroman's going to be hard, like really sought after. They, uh, It's just, and not only that, there's another franchise in town that just is always good with the Yankees. It's not, it's not great. I would not want that, that position right now. And I don't think Theo Epstein, it's like, (laughs) and Billy Bean and uh, who I forgot the um, general manager or the baseball player operations for the Brewers. Why would you want that stress? Right. (laughs) Money makes the world go around my friend. That's why. Yeah. Theo is looking for a lot of money. That guy, poor guy doesn't have enough. Okay. So I do want to talk at some point, you know, closer to the end, like your outlook for some of these games this weekend and this week um, coming up. But before we get there, are there any teams that, you know, surprised you, your biggest surprises of the season or maybe disappointments when you look at what they were projected in the preseason or how they started maybe and how they finished? I'm scared of the Mariners moving forward. The Mariners are going to be a very good team, um, especially if they can get uh, Jerry to Trader Jerry to do what he's known for, make some trades and some good free agent signings. They're going to be a very good franchise. It's like it's like one of those teams where you're like, just don't screw this up. <laughs> you're almost there. Um, and I was hoping that, that they were going to get in the playoffs too, seeing that they haven't been in the playoffs since Emmanuel's first concert. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I want to see all the bad teams. How Detroit? Detroit's like one of those teams that are iffy. We'll see how like how they go about it. Cleveland's another one. Um, I want to see how the Cubs, the Nats, the Nats. I feel like are going to be extremely um, like willing to spend during the off season. So could they get Max Scherzer back? Could they get like a bunch of the guy, like a, could they be crazy with their wallets? That's how Rizzo has done things in the past. Um, so, and I'm all, uh, there's a lot. Baseball is going to be really unique this season because let me ask you this Trudeau and Emmanuel. Okay. The CBA has not been signed yet. We don't know what's going on, which is a good sign because the more we don't hear, that's probably usually means they're progressing better. They're not leaking out stuff and going back and forth, right? If you're a player, let's say Trudeau, you're Corey Seager. You're one of the hottest free agents that people want, right? And then Emmanuel, you're... Uh... <laughs> yeah, who am I? I'm the water boy. <laughs> you're one of the lesser players that nobody really cares about right now. 
do you sign right away or do you just hold off and see what teams do? No, I'd sign right for me. I would sign right away. <laughs> I'd be happy to just be there. <laughs> You're going to the Mexico League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, what about you, Trudeau? I mean, that, that's a tough question. It depends really on who's offering what. I don't know what the CBA is going to look like. Um, so it depends on is my agent in touch with what's going on with the negotiations? Does the outcome output outcome of this, these negotiations? Do the, does it, is it going to favor the player salary wise? If so, maybe I'll wait. So, I mean, it's a good question. It just depends on really what you're offered and uh, how it goes. I mean, the interesting thing is this historically, the past couple of years, I've seen these big money guys actually wait to sign until um, in, into training camp. I think um, who was it a couple of years with the Phillies now? Bryce Harper. I think he didn't sign until, you know, three weeks into the training camp and spring training. So, Usually you see these high paid guys wait a little bit and try to get the most money. So we'll see how it goes. And another thing to consider is it's kind of an ego thing with some of these guys as well, where if there's like two big name free agents, one will wait for the other to sign and be like, I want more than this guy. If he's getting paid 300 million, I want 310. So you usually see them fall like dominoes. You know, the first guy sets the market and then everyone else starts following. So it, while it's a tricky thing, I think what you'll see with some of these big money guys is you'll see them sign closer to the starter training camp than right away before anything signed with the CBA. I feel like this year is going to be really unique in the sense of obviously the CBA, but like last year, you had someone like Charlie Morton who ended up being the first. He signed minutes afterwards, and so did a lot of play, like a lot of those mid level and some of those stronger players signed right off the bat. If they don't sign, they have the chance of losing a year, which you don't want to do that because that's what D- Dallas Keuchel did. And then Evan Gladys, who were both on the Astros team that won the World Series, Gladys never played again. And then Keuchel hasn't been the same since missing that much time off. I don't know if he's just lazy and doesn't want to get into shape or whatever. He's got that big, huge beard. That's why I think he might be lazy. But long story short... I think some of these teams that are close to winning it are going to be quite aggressive to get their guys. And then I like the Corey Seager's I think are going to have to wait like the big, big guys, Corey Seager's Javier Baez. That's going to be a tough one. I don't see a match. I think Carlos Carrera is going to be signed immediately. I think he's going to get off the table really fast. So one thing that will be interesting to follow is will the teams use the coronavirus pandemic as leverage when negotiating with players? Because they did take a a massive hit in the past, you know, one or two years with either the ballpark empty or even now some stadiums started the season with reduced capacity. So they took a financial hit. So will they use that decreased revenue to maybe give players 10, 20% less than what they're expecting going into free agency? It'll be interesting to see. Only time will tell. Do you want your one last thing on that? Yeah, the owners are actually the ones, according to the leaked information earlier, um, that want the $100 million salary floor, which I found quite interesting. Hmm. I actually don't want it. I want baseball to stay how it is with the Rays and the A's and the not the Pirates, though. They're terrible. I they think, gotta spend money. <laughs> I think it really depends on what owners you ask because I don't know if everyone's familiar with how baseball... Uh, financial structure is, is done, but it's a revenue sharing model. So all the teams 
will take their television revenue, all the revenue, they'll throw it into a pool and it's distributed evenly between all 30 franchises. So I think if you're like the New York Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, you're in favor of a salary floor because you're so damn tired of giving money to the Marlins of the world, the Rays of the world, the A's of the world. You're so tired of giving money to the teams that only spend $50 million and then get money from you to just be a crappy team. So I think the big market teams that are spending the money are probably in favor of the floor. And then those small market teams that are just raking in the dough for free, they probably don't want to change. But um, speaking of, of what's you know making the playoffs being successful, let's get right into the matchups um, in the next couple of days, Mikey, and then maybe some of the series coming up. So tomorrow is Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Tuesday. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. It's been a, <laughs> been a, been a whirlwind with the child, you know what I mean? Um, so tomorrow, Tuesday, we have the Yankees, Red Sox, one of the historic rivals in all of sports. Winner takes all one game. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees. Nathan Avaldi for the Red Sox. If I'm a Red Sox fan, I am sweating bullets right now because Garrett Cole has been awesome the second half of the season. The guy is third in the league with strikeouts. Nathan Avaldi, while he's been okay, he is hit or miss. He can be a complete mess some days. And then throw a gem the next. So I am sweating bullets if I'm a Red Sox fan. Yeah, Mikey, do you think the Yankees will do this? Because I think the Yankees are going to have the Red Sox number tomorrow. It leaked out that if there was a tiebreaker, the Yankees wanted to play the Red Sox instead of the Blue Jays in Toronto. Oh, really? So they're pumped wow. that this has happened. I would just walk Stanton every chance I got. <laughs> I don't want Stanton. Like, I don't, I, I would roll the ball <laughs> for that because I don't want Stanton at all hitting. I would be so scared of Stanton. And well, last the year, too, I'm sorry. They have Steve. another guy, Aaron Judge, batting right around Stanton. I don't know if he's batting ahead of him or behind him, but he is also on fire. You watched last year's playoffs, right, Trudeau? Mm-hmm. Stanton was out of his mind, <laughs> like out of his mind. He it looked like that commercial when he plays against little leaguers, it just rips it every single time. I would be petrified. The good news for the Red Sox, unfortunately, bad news for the Yankees, is DJ DJ LeMahieu will not be playing tomorrow. So that's that's no trust me, Trudeau. Defensively, that's a big one. You want your best players playing their positions. And if you could have slotted him in on third or first, that would have been huge going into tomorrow. Now they have to start either Odor or the the playoffs are tricky, man. You you want your best team out there, especially for a one game playoff. And I feel like is JD Martinez. I didn't see what ended up happening with him. Is he in for tomorrow? Do you know Trudeau? I do not know about the Red Sox lineup. I just looked at the pitching uh, matchups, and that's about it. Yeah, so it's going to be these one-game playoffs, man. They're fun. If it's not your team playing in them, <laughs> they're not fun. Well, let's, let's switch over to the game on Wednesday because this, oh, no. this one is going to be so much fun. All right. You have probably one of the – probably the favorite – to win the whole World Series when the season started, the LA Dodgers. They are a 100-win team that made it to the playoffs as a wild card, a one-game winner go home. And you would think you're a 100-win team, highest payroll in baseball, preseason favorites to win the whole thing. But guess what? 
you are playing the hottest team in baseball in the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a team that went on a 17-game win streak to make the playoffs. Here's, here's a fun fact for you. When they started their win streak, before their first win, they had a 2.8 chance to make the playoffs. And by God, they made the playoffs. So this is a team that is super hot. I would be scared shitless if I was a Dodgers fan right now. Okay, and I am. But this is the thing, okay? (laughs) Hear me out here. With the Dodgers, they won the most they have ever in franchise. They tied their franchise history wins this year, right? The Giants played out of their mind. I don't care what you say. You, That's good. Think of all the Giant teams that they've had and think of all the Dodger teams with Jackie Robinson, Duke Schneider, all these crazy guys, right? And this was the best record they've ever had. They tied the 2019 team. I think the huge advantage is St. Louis because there's so much pressure on the Dodgers right now. St. Louis could lose 23 to zero and it would be like, ah, oh, cool. At least they made the playoffs. They're good, right? The Dodgers lose. They were supposed to be this defending champions, best record ever since a defending championship. It's crazy. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Trudeau. The Dodger fans should be scared. Like, obviously, it's Max Scherzer. That's great, but anything can happen. The Cardinals are going to come into this game so loose. Like, they're like, whatever happens, happens. The Dodgers are like that nervous kid that didn't study for, like, the SATs that need to get into Harvard. It's not going to happen. It's going yeah, to be tough. And not to make you feel any worse, which, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do here, but I believe Max Scherzer had a rough outing in his last, his last go at it. Um, let me just find the stat yeah. line here. <laughs> Fun fact. So I'm, I'm looking at, um, just for you in there, his last two games. Uh, he pitched on the 29th against San Diego with a, let's see, he had an 8.4 ERA and the game before that, a 9 ERA. So he's coming into this winner go home matchup having two awful outings, playing the hottest team in baseball. I think it's going to happen, Mikey. Go I, Cardinals go. Listen, I think the Cardinals are going to do well. Um, but at the same time, Max Scherzer, fun little fact, he's never won at Coors Field. So that was that first game that you talked about. So he's terrible there no matter what second game. I watched that game as well. Um, it was a lot of defensive errors. Like if they literally threw a Turner messed like an easy throw to first, they got a guy on and then the next guy hit a home run. Like it was just, if you watched it, you would notice that it wasn't as bad, but at the same time they might get the Bickford training, which is Bickford has never thrown 97 and he threw 97, two games ago because it's playoff baseball and you get amped up like crazy. And if I'm going to have a guy on the mound, I want Max Scherzer on it. And unfortunately for the Dodgers, if they have the (sighs) luck to beat these pesky Cardinals that are on a 17 game win streak, well, they had a 17 game win streak. It was broken. They get to get, they get to play the best team in baseball this year in the giants. So it is a (laughs) tough road for the, the, the Dodgers for sure. Trudeau, I thought if you were going to piss me off, you would have done the Max Muncy oh. thing. What happened with Max Muncy? Do you know what happened or no? No. Do you want to fill y- me in? Yesterday, uh, right after we found out the Giants basically had clinched because they were winning like 100 to 1. Did he punch um, a wall or something? No. He went to get a catch, and he was in the runner, the batter's uh, running 
area and he literally they still haven't come out with what happened but he went down in pain and he's not going to be playing in the wild card game and max muncie's probably been one of the best players on the dodgers this year tell me he tripped over a scooter (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i said max muncie not trevor bauer (laughs) so so yeah no well the story behind trevor bauer is he had a big playoff game and he was actually when he was with the Cleveland Indians, I know we're not talking about Trevor Bauer, but um, he hurt his finger and he couldn't pitch. He's an idiot, but let's move on. Speaking of her getting hurt, uh, did you see what happened to the Milwaukee Brewers relief pitcher? Uh, yeah, he punched. Uh, <laughs> he punched. He did a Kevin Brown. He punched uh, there, in the locker room, right? There's at least two players this year, two pitchers that are valuable to their team that are out for an extended period of time for punching a wall. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shouldn't like if you spend that much money on a team and on each player's, can you not just go down to the Walmart to go pick up like the baby proofing stuff to put in the locker room? Because it like it, there seems to be a lot of injuries that happen in the locker room now, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Baseball. Uh, a lot of idiots. I, thought, I thought you were going to say though, game. If, if you if I want to piss you off, uh, you, I thought you were going to mention the, the other matchup of the weekend or of the week. Uh, with the White Sox versus my beloved Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. I I remember something about those cheaters. I mean, the Astros. Yeah, <laughs> go on. <laughs> so I, I think it's important to recap uh, a discussion we had about the Houston Astros. Uh, on our episode, the 50-game special, where we recapped the MLB season after 50 games, I said the Astros would make the playoffs. I was very affirmative in my position, and you said those cheating Astros will never make the playoffs. And Emmanuel, as our witness, I believe we placed a bet on uh, whether they would make the playoffs or not. Is that correct, Emmanuel? That, that is correct. Do you, you remember, know, Trudeau, do you remember what the bet was, though? Trudeau, just j- just to let you know, right? There's sometimes you got to be nice to people and give them a chance and give them an outlook. I know how negative you are, so I wanted to make your year. So I'm glad I could do it, buddy. Sure, I'll give twenty dollars unless you'd be willing to double or nothing. <laughs> No, I think I think I would rather. Oh, you give, why not? I think I know I would. You give twenty dollars to a a charitable foundation 30? in Houston. Oh, twenty. Hope, Jeez, that's kind of light. I would really I like to put more, but I would just do it for another bet. But I get it. You're yeah. into crypto, so I know crypto doesn't uh, take a lot this, of guts. How about, we, how about we put the twenty dollars in, and if you would like to make another bet for charity, we can do that as well. No, I want to do double or nothing. No, no, no. Money's got to come out of our pockets. We can't just to run away from this. No, no, no. Because your money, you could do it to the same organization. No problem. I would love to, I would love to find an organization that like puts trash cans or helps like <laughs> clean the streets <laughs> with trash cans. Looking, and, that looking. would actually be amazing. Yeah. I would be very happy. If we can that. find Emmanuel a charitable foundation that the Houston Astros run, we would. Mikey would love because it's his favorite with trash franchise. cans. To get hey, money. I'm, looking, I'm looking they're so, dwindling there's plenty of players that like tr- emmanuel's got one of them already with springer now let's see what happens with career and then there's only altuve and bregman so and while, Gurriel. while emmanuel looks for our charity of choice for houston mikey before we get off the baseball stuff is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as a team that surprised you disappointed you maybe you want to talk a little bit more in depth about one of these matchups in the playoffs just any last baseball thing you got for me today 
Supposedly, I was listening to a bunch of things today. A lot of people like the Rays going into they think they're the the best team in all of the AL. I think they're beatable. Um, I'm kind of sad about the White Sox. Like everybody has kind of gave up on the White Sox. Maybe it's the Tony LaRusso thing, Trudeau. Maybe it's your boy. They're just not like happy about, but I was very surprised. I, I thought the White Sox were the favorites coming in, but uh, Emmanuel has got Emmanuel. Okay. What is it? Perfect, okay. Gunner's wheels. <laughs> what is this? This is for dogs that get, that get injured and they basically provide wheelchairs for dogs. Is okay. That's Houston? got nothing to do with trash Houston. cans, but okay. Nice job. You did a good job. You work for what organization and you can't find a freaking <laughs> Doesn't even know how to use Google. Unbelievable. What is that? What is that? I don't even know what that is. We're going to have to have Gracie on so that we can talk with Gracie about more in depth. And, you know, as these playoffs go, it'd be nice to do another playoff show. All right. We'll get into that. And then next next week, uh, we might talk a little basketball with Seamus. We'll see how that works out with the uh, the timing of the NBA schedule. I don't want to hear about the Raptors. Yeah, they just won. They just won their first preseason game. Congratulations. You know how many times Watch the Raiders went for no preseason and then won one game in the regular season? Yeah. I know. If uh, if the Magic were counting by preseasons, me and Trudeau would have like 10 championships right now. <laughs> yeah, it's preseason. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Uh, but yeah, if you like basketball, we're, we'll, we'll circle back with a little basketball probably next week and uh, look into what's going to happen there with the uh, the upcoming NBA season. But uh, so let, let's get out of here today. Let's get out of here with some closing thoughts. And maybe you want to hit the sounder for me, bud. Now it's time for closing thoughts. Great. Another chance for Emmy to tell us who works at Google. All right. So it's time for our closing thoughts segment. It's kind of a, a last ditch edge. Uh, efforts to just get whatever you want off your chest. It's usually a fun fact or a you know a nice heartwarming story. I'll start today. Uh, I got another one from Mikey in baseball. I saw this story while scrolling through Reddit this week. So I always saw in baseball, you got teams like the Red Sox and Yankees. And when they're playing away, they have this off-white gray colored jersey they wear. And I've never understood why it's the gray jersey. You know, you watch basketball, the away team is wearing, you know, their team colors, so blue, red, whatever. Football, the away team always wears white. The home team always wears their team color. So why gray? Like no, no other sport uses this gray color, but baseball. Well, obviously, baseball is a very old sport. It played since like the 1900s. Uh, and what happened was back in the day, when teams traveled. So the Red Sox traveled to New York to play the Yankees in like 1930. Laundry mats were not very widely available. So often when a team goes on the road back in the 1920s, you wore the same uniform day after day after day because they couldn't also afford alternate uniforms. So they had one set of uniform. And they chose gray because when players sliding it all dirty, they could really hide the dirt. So the reason why a lot of these historic franchises like the Red Sox, like the Yankees, have alternate gray jerseys, it's because back in the day, they wore one set of uniforms for the entire three, four-day series, and that was it. So it was chosen to be great to hide all the dirt and grime of three days of baseball. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. Fun fact for you guys. So, That's a good Emmanuel, one, 
Thank you. Emmanuel, do you want to, uh, do you have one for us today or you, I don't you didn't have tell one me? Today. No, I'm still, I'm still recovering from my injury. So I haven't really given it some thought. So I'll, I'll pass it to Mikey. I'll pass the baton to Mikey. All right. It's gone. <laughs> All right. Mine is about history class. Um, this boy in Georgia named Luke Stevens um, canceled and couldn't make it to his history class. So he sent an email to his teacher and was like, I'm going to miss it today. I have something more important, but it has to do with history. He's like, we have a guest and my mom is making me go to di- go to lunch with this guy. The guy was Lynn Miranda. <laughs> wow. Lynn Miranda was um, Luke Stevens' mother was running this charity for um, some something to do with youth and whatever. But <laughs> what it came down to is Lynn Miranda actually FaceTimed <laughs> um, the history class to let them know that he was with him. Wow. Um, and the teacher went nuts because he's a big Lynn Miranda fan. And he was like, don't worry, I'm going to go over the Bill of Rights. I'm going to go over all this stuff that we did in Hamilton. Um, you can look it up. It's all over the internet right now. Now that Facebook's back on so you can see it. But it was uh, really cool. Plus, Lynn Miranda also sent another video out um, with him performing one of the skits from Hamilton, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, imagine being told you're not going to make it to class because you're chilling with Lynn Miranda. It's more important. He's teaching me history. So wait a minute. If I miss the next podcast, but I get Daryl Morey to send me a little like a cameo, will that count? There is zero chance that that's going to happen because I'm pretty sure that Daryl Morey <laughs> has sent a restraining order or has axed you out. Also, me and Trudeau had a theory that yeah. Daryl Morey just once asked you to go get him like coffee or something. And that's why you think you're yeah, friends yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much that's very close, very close to the if reality. you're willing to pay like the thousand plus dollars to get a cameo yeah. from Daryl Morey, yeah. then by all means skip the podcast. <laughs> I think each one of us should be on cameo. I think we should apply and try to be on cameo. Didn't he say that he was gonna get us a cameo? This what? guy uh, I'm trying to figure out who to get though. There are like so many good ones. Yeah, I mean, let's let's focus on trying to get more than three people to listen to our podcast first. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. And speaking We're speaking of listening that. to the podcast, if you're listening now, watching live on Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, please remember, subscribe to the podcast. We Got Balls podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Follow that thing. Really, really appreciate it. We do this thing once a week. We'll see you next Monday. It's been fun, y'all. Peace out. Ha, 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 ha.